Welcome to episode 40 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. Also brought to you by Anook Shook Professional Dog Food, the world's highest energy dog food, period. Anook Shook's dense formulations ensure that your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. High protein for muscle recovery and retention, high fat for quick access to much needed energy. Anook Shook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Check them out at anookshookpro.com. Also brought to you by Trinity Bretons. Now offering the Trinity Upland Academy, which is coming up this June of 2022. Trinity Upland Academy helps each Trinity Breton client attain and develop the highest level of training with George Hickox. Trinity is committed to producing premium Epignol Bretons for the field trialer and foot hunter alike. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Gunner Kennels. I've personally used and tested every major kennel brand on the market. After months of hands-on experience, Gunner is the only kennel I'll use for my favorite bird dog. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. That's a Gunner kennel. Also brought to you by Pointer Freaking Traditions. My favorite collars I have ever used for my bird dogs, check them out, pointertraditions.com. Use promo code ROOKIE15. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I hope you are doing well. Uh, we got a great episode here coming up for you, episode 40. Gosh, I cannot believe we are at 40 episodes. And what I'm more excited about is 50,000 downloads. Uh, I was just checking the numbers uh, a couple days ago, and we are... Uh, cruising past 50,000 downloads. I'm so thankful, so thankful for uh, just the support and uh, just excitement around the around the podcast. Uh, coming up right around the year mark uh, from when I released this show, and uh, I have to say it's it's blown me away. Um, so, you know, being new to podcasting and uh, had this concept in my head of, of what I wanted to do and what I wanted this show to be about, and I had doubts. I had my <laughs> had my doubts for sure. Of uh, is anyone going to listen to this? Uh, is it going to flow? Is it going to make sense? Um, yeah, are people even going to listen? I don't know. I was I'm fairly new to this whole upland thing myself, and um, I just really started pushing and, and say no. Like I think what I have can be unique and, and can be something people would would enjoy, and uh, I'm glad I stuck with it. Uh, I'm really glad that um, I pushed through the fear and, and just put it out there and, and put some ideas to paper and reach out to, out to some some guys and girls that I really respect in the upland space and uh, have been able to have them on the show and, and just hear their stories. Um, if you go back to first episode, I think even maybe the intro, um, you, have to, you have to submit an intro episode um, to be approved by the podcast lords. Um, I talk about kind of the, the reason behind the podcast and kind of why I started this. And I just thought maybe it's a good reminder. Um, just kind of pause and say, hey, like this podcast was created for blank. And the reason why I started this podcast 
was kind of bridge that gap between uh, the the rookie just getting out there. Yes, it's for rookies. Yes, um, you know, I think we can benefit from someone, you know, from hearing other stories of uh, people who've been doing it for a while. You know, if you're if you're out there and listening, just getting into upland hunting, or you want to, maybe you haven't yet, or maybe you're picking up your first bird dog. Um, I think this can be a huge benefit. Um, just hearing stories, um, just to get, you know, maybe you need to kick in the butt. Maybe you need to hear, you know, how someone got started or why someone got started, uh, why they picked up a bird dog. Um, you know, talking about training and just having a conversation. So for those rookies out there, I think this is super important. But then the other half of this is uh, for those veterans out there, for those veteran hunters who. Uh, I've been do- maybe doing this longer than I've been alive, to be honest with you. Um, I've met some amazing, amazing uh, uh, guys and girls uh, at some trials who've been doing this for 20, 30, maybe 40 years even. And the what I can take away from them is incredible. But um, what I think through the podcast, what I've been really encouraged about, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here is um, the level of excitement that those veterans are getting from the podcast as well. Now, I'll have some people reach out on Facebook or Instagram and just say, hey, I've been at this 25 years and just want to say this this kind of lit a fire under me of, you know, just getting me excited again and reminding me why, you know, I started Upland Hunting or why I got into Pointers or GSPs or Britneys or whatever it might be. And honestly, those, those are the comments that, uh, that keep me going. Those are the ones that I just get a big smile on my face and, and know, okay, if I've done anything like that's to be able to reignite a passion or to help bring someone back to the moments that they started or bring them back to their first hunt or their first rooster that they took down or the first time they saw a dog on point or, uh, you know, the first time they, they were at a trial, like to bring someone back to those memories and, and uh, for them to relive those, that's I don't know if it gets better than that for me. Um, getting the, the, you know, hearing the stories from the new people getting into it. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I love um, just sharing stories and, and having you guys tune in and listen to, to other people's uh, experiences. I love that too. I think that's incredible. And to grow, um, just to grow our sport. And, and I think we need that. We need to inspire new people and be welcoming and open. Absolutely. But um, so I've, I've loved both sides. I've loved seeing, um, you know, those that are new to it, but those that also have um, been doing this a long time and who can find some inspiration and encouragement, you know, listening to this podcast, um, let alone find or know what a podcast is. Because um, there are some people I talk to that have no idea what a podcast is and that's okay <laughs> but we talked to this one guy at a trial a couple or no, last month and i mentioned something about a podcast he's like what's that <laughs> i was like oh gosh it's like a radio show kind of but um anyways uh so all to say guys thank you so much just for uh you know spreading the word about the show i know a lot of you have you know shared an episode or two on social media or um you write me messages and i love uh going back and forth and just uh learning more about you know, what you guys are going through. Um, again, I talked to a broad spectrum of people all over the board of whether you've been doing it for, again, five five months or 15 years, uh, everything in between. And so anyways, um, grateful. Thank you again. Thanks for sharing the show. Um, you know, all that stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, I will shut up on that now and we will keep moving forward. I got a couple things to cover um, before we dive into today's episode. Um 
Okay, I got covered that. Goals for the offseason. I think I talked about goals a little bit last week. I was actually challenged myself. I know I talk about goals all the time. I think they're important. And I, it hit me of thinking, okay, what's my summer goal um, with my dogs? Um, I've been doing the trials. I have another trial in May here coming up uh, with Nastra. Um, but thinking through the summer, I, I haven't actually sat down to be honest with you and done my own goals. Like, what am I going to work on with the dogs? Um, and I think I've narrowed it down, um, to a couple things with each dog winning gauge, um, gauge I actually want to work. Well, two things. One, I want, um, uh, just go through some of the basic steps of, uh, force fetch, strain retrieve, whatever you want to call it. Uh, go through some of that a little bit, um, more, mostly for the hold, um, there was one or two times, maybe two or three times actually, uh, in the last trial we did, um, that he got within maybe like two steps of me and uh, dropped the bird. And I think that, that definitely brought my retrieve score down um, a couple of those times. So um, when I work on that hold, uh, just really you know waiting until I put my hand out and say give. Uh, for him to give it back to me. So that's one thing with Gage I'm going to be working on. I'm uh, just tightening it up a little bit. It, it was, again, his retrieve was good. It was just a c- couple times um, just towards the very end would drop it. And so just want to tighten that up a little bit. Um, and then the other thing with Gage, it, oh, is backing. Um, he he's, hasn't, yeah, he's, he's never been a natural backer. Um, I can woe him into a back, obviously. But again, for trial purposes, um, with what I'm running right now is I, I could up some of his points by doing a back if we have the time to to get a back in if the other dog is on a point. So um, I'm going to be working on backing with him this summer. Um, I don't know how to tr- train backing, so I'm going to be reaching out to some people, uh, talking about backing and how to work, uh, work on your dog with that. And so if you have advice on working with backing on a dog who doesn't do it naturally, shoot me a message. would really appreciate that. Um, and then with win, um, gosh, what am I gonna do with win? Win, I, I'm very close to like her range is there. Her style's there. She hunts, she, she, uh, I mean, she covers ground like no other. Um, so like all, all the basics are there for, for what I want in a dog. Again, her range style, how she covers ground, obedience. Like she's doing really, really well. Um, she's actually a dog. I with again, I think with being new with Gage, first dog, you know, I relied on the e-collar a lot with him. And the thing I've noticed with Wynn and I've, I've done with her is I've just been smarter about the e-collar. I've not used it as much. Um, I've really, really tapered back with, with what I did with her um, ever since I got her and since she was young. And what that's done is her obedience, um, again, she'll make a fool out of me, I'm sure, next time I have her out running, but um, she she's fantastic. I, I can give one, two commands and she'll do a big turn for me and come back and all that stuff. And so I feel really comfortable um, with obedience, kind of where she's at with that. Um, again, just thinking back where Gage was at this age, um, which is very different, very different. So I don't know if, I don't know, she's just smarter maybe, I don't know. But um, so, what? So all that to say, like she's right now, she's where I want her for a foot hunting bird dog, Nastra trial dog. She's where I want her. Um, so that leads me to, uh, I'm very close to wanting to force fetch her this summer. Um, maybe towards end of the summer, she'll be a little over a year and a half, I think. Um, so we'll see. I, I might, might pull the trigger on that. 
Um, I just, I just need to decide if I should wait. Because I, I force fetch gauge, I think he was two. So I'd be doing it about six months earlier again, which I know people who have force fetched a dog way earlier than that. So I think that's where I'm going with her. I want to force fetch because I'd like to get her into some natural trials as well. And so, um, and again, she's, she, she'll pick things up once in a while. Um, but again, just not reliable. And so I know she, she's going to need that force fetch, um, train retrieve, uh, for sure. So that's kind of where my head's at with her. Um, so you guys kind of know, hold me accountable. Those are kind of, that's kind of where I'm headed with my dogs right now. Um, the other big thing, um, this is not an extra plug for a nookshook, I promise, but, um, weight management. <laughs> I've last several, several years. Um, uh, admittedly I've, I've talked about this before. It's, I actually struggled with, uh, my dogs getting too heavy in the off season and we're about two months out of the off season. And I'm happy to say, um, they have maintained great weights, um, throughout this off season. Um, so prior years I, I had my dogs, as soon as they stop exercising, you know, hunting throughout the, the winter, um, they put weight on like crazy gauge, especially. Um, but with Nook Shook, um, it's, it's just been fantastic. Gage is right at that 30, 37 and a half right now. And that is absolutely perfect for him. And so, uh, win the same way. I haven't weighed her in a while, but she, I mean, she looks good, not too heavy, not too thin. Um, so I've been really happy with that. So that, I want to keep that going through the off season. Um, they're both on the 3025 uh, formulation right now from Anook Shook. And so that's been working really well for us. No issues with, with ex- excess weight gain. So that's something I want to keep up uh, throughout the off season. So again, personal goal of mine, those are personal to me. What are you working on? What are you thinking you're going to be working on with your dog? What are you going to focus on? Is it shooting? <laughs> Maybe you need to go to the range a little bit more this summer. Is it something with your dog? Is it retrieving? Is it backing? Is it uh, ground cover obedience? Whatever it might be. Uh, you know, when I, maybe when I post this episode, maybe drop a comment in the comment section of what you're working on this, this year, shoot me a message. We'd love to talk through, you know, kind of hear what you're working on or your thoughts, questions, whatever it might be. Um, all right. Last thing coming up is I have a giveaway coming up. Uh, I can't announce it quite yet. Working out a couple more details, but, uh, it's gonna be a pretty sweet giveaway. Hopefully eh, I'm not gonna put a timeline to it, but it's coming up soon. Uh, just have to get the final word when we can pull the trigger to announce it. But uh, stay tuned for a pretty sweet giveaway we got in the works. So um, this episode, guys, with Courtney Bastion of Bird Dog Babe Podcast. Uh, I had the best time uh, sitting down with Courtney and uh, learning more about her. Uh, I've listened to a few of her episodes, and she does a phenomenal job. Um, really well done, well uh, produced podcast that she does. Um, and I loved getting to know her more, hearing about her dogs, her stories. Um, I did not know just her wealth of knowledge and experience that she's had in the, in the dog world uh, from the show ring. Uh, trials, all sorts of stuff. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed this one myself. And uh, as always, I hope you guys enjoy this one as well. So uh, we're going to dive in without further ado to episode 40 of the Upland Rookie podcast with Courtney Bastion. You know, it's, it's the wire hairs are definitely my heart breed, um, but the, the Broncos and then the Cocker came along as just a nice addition to what I feel is, um, ideal for what I do right now. Yeah. 
That's awesome. No, we'll, so, we'll definitely yeah. get into that a lot more. I'm curious cool. to hear about those. Yeah. And you are my first guest for the Bracco. So that's, that's well, pretty exciting. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, can't wait to hear more. So we'll kind of, kind of jump right in, but, uh, so Courtney, why don't you put us on the map and, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, who you are. Yeah, I am, um, just outside of Missoula, Montana. So I'm in a little town called Potomac. Um, it's pretty fantastic here. We have no, cellular service in a 30 mile radius. Um, we're pretty much off the grid except for, um, we do have, we do have a, um, great internet service. So that's helpful. (laughs) That's kind of key when you're, when you're doing a podcast and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It was tough for a while, but we just got that Starlink. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's very helpful. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Are you you just curious? Are you a native of Montana or did you move there recently? Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Wisconsin, lived mm-hmm. there until September of 19. And when we moved out here, okay. that's awesome. Were you guys just kind of looking for a little change and want to get out, get out West a little more? Or? Yeah, we were looking to move out West for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Actually. Um, we had both been out here, whether it was for the German wire here, pointer national, and um, we had been out here hunting, in Montana a couple times and it just, um, really resonated with both of us. And I think it ultimately came down to a series of unfortunate events, um, of how we got here because we were <laughs> planning on just moving clo- a different place in Wisconsin, but some issues, uh, happened when we were trying to buy a new property and, um, it fell through in any way. Um, we, and we had like lost a dog that week. And I had told my husband or Jeez. my husband had said, um, I'd really love us to move to Montana. And I was like, you know what, if you can figure it out, <laughs> then we'll be there. Cause I just yeah. need to be an hour from an airport and <laughs> by darn the, the amazing man figured it out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so, cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. So and we love it here though. In yeah. September of 19, we moved out here. So it's been a little over two years. That's phenomenal. And you, it looks like you and your kids and obviously your husband, you all are very active in the outdoors and whether you guys are hiking or you're training dogs and you got a baby on your back and all that good stuff. And <laughs> is that, is that just kind of been a, a way of life and a, a lifestyle for you growing up or when talk a little bit about getting into hunting and the outdoors for you? Yeah. Um, you know, growing up my, my dad and my brother, um, they hunted a lot in, in Wisconsin. It wasn't something I did. It wasn't that they didn't ask me to go or that I didn't want to go. I think I just really didn't have much interest to it. And, and they did big game hunting. So it was in college. I had worked for a veterinarian and was dating, um, my now husband and the vet I worked for had a German wire hair pointer. And, um, when we had kind of discussed getting a dog together, we went through all the different AKC breeds. And I said, Oh, I really love that wire hair, um, that, that my boss has. And so we got her and then shortly after it led to another one, and, um, so you know slope. how it is like Slippery dogs, slope. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> oh yeah. The rabbit hole is this big and once you yeah. get inside, it's endless. <laughs> yeah. So my first actual bird dog breed was an Irish setter and oh. I was a sophomore in college. Okay. Um, she was a hundred percent show bred. Mm-hmm. And that was my intention was to show her, um, college got super busy. I worked 
through that as well and waitress. So I never actually got a chance to show her, but, um, my husband, when he kind of came into the scene, he had, or he had gotten a Weimariner mm. and the Weimariner was gun shy. And, um, <laughs> so that was interesting. That's, uh, <laughs> that's difficult. That's difficult. <laughs> it was difficult. It was difficult. So, yes. So, and, Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it, so we had gone hunting with the two of them, the Irish setter and the Weimariner a couple of times. Um, of course I just walked with, I didn't have my hunter safety done or anything. And I really enjoyed just taking photos. Um, and the Irish setter, when she would find a bird, which she did, she was very good at finding birds, but she'd get to it and she wouldn't point. She'd just kind of be like, uh, you, there's a bird over here. What do I you do? Should probably <laughs> do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the bird would get up and my husband would shoot, the Weimariner would run away. Oh no. <laughs> Makes for an exciting experience. Right. Right. So that's when that point came when him and I sat down and we were like, well, free can we get together? And I wanted something I could show and he wanted something he could hunt. And we decided on the wire hair. Um, and we had gotten her in 2004 and 2007, we had our first litter of wire hairs. And I especially fell in love with, um, a puppy that we kept And so I took her through, um, NAVDA. I had kind of looked up some things I could do with her and get my feet wet in that hunting scene. And that first season, um, was kind of what got me into hunting ultimately is I always loved to go with and take the photos, but my husband had shot her a bird and she Mm. brought that bird right to me and it's over for me. It was over. It was all done. I was like, Oh, my little girl, she really wants me to do this thing with her. And, and so, yeah. So then, um, that was it. I was was done. (laughs) So, so it sounds like backing up a little bit. So when you had the Weimarimer and the Irish setter, it sounds like you were already kind of dipping your toe in the water, right. With hunting Mm where you, were you kind of just already, your interest was peaked and you wanted to kind of try it out. And then once that wire hair came along, that's when it took over. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I went with, um, just to watch and kind of learn. It was some college buddies of ours that, that had some land there. Um, I was at the university of Wisconsin in Platteville and, um, it was just kind of interesting to me. And, but it was, it was ultimately that the dog that I had that really made me want to do it myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They have a way of, uh, of, I don't know, doing something that that just gets us excited and draws us in a little bit more. I feel right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It became a little bit of an addiction. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Then it sounds like, I mean, you started breeding pretty soon with your white hair, right? Shortly after Mm -hmm. did did it just kind of just take over really quickly. And, and what was that kind of progression like of going, all right, we have this great dog and Let's get and do a litter. Right. Yeah. And that's actually a question I get often is like, how do you start a breeding program? How do you know that? Um, and, you know, unfortunately, so the wire here we got our very first one in 2004, um, while she was a master hunter, a utility dog, a multiple best in blah, 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 you know, show dog. Um, she had epilepsy. She started seizuring mm. at two years old. Oh, wow. And so it was uh, really difficult to kind of bite that. Like she has epilepsy found out sure. it was in her line and we had her spade. Mm. Um, you know, you recognize like there's a lot of great things here, but sure. none of it is more 
important than the health of the dog and knowing that if I had to, you know, if, if we would have bred her and puppies out of her would have had seizures, like sure. we had to go through with her. Yeah. Um, it was difficult, you know, a, a dog that had accomplished so much and the pride that I feel like that dog had in herself and what we had in her, um, to kind of be wasted away in, in what look, what is the awful experience of watching a dog have a seizure sure. and lose complete, um, control of their entire body. Yeah. So that, that's gotta um, be, that's, that's gotta be a tough decision still though. Cause you, you love a dog and has, has, like you said, it has a lot of great qualities right. and you know, yeah, that's, that's gotta be super tough. It was, it was. And I think, you know, while we were like, you know, we were those lucky people where we got fortunate, where our very first wire hair did all the things. It was great in the field. It was great in the show ring. Um, but then it was also a massive wake up call, mm. right. To, um, be like, this is, this is something that's hereditary and sure. you, you just make a decision is what's more important. And man, she it's, mm. it's really unfortunate for the breed that she was never able to contribute to it, mm. but, um, it, it, it's not something we've, we've pretty, you know, and that's something we've kind of followed along since then is yeah. the, the ethics and the morale and knowing that, um, what we produce is something people have to live with. And that was difficult for us mm. to, that's, to have to huge, live with that. Yeah. That's a huge wake up call. I mean, I don't, I don't think it a was. lot of people think that way, you know, right. I think, Oh, and, and it might not be as severe as epilepsy. It might be something else. It might be a, I don't know, a characteristic or a trait the dog has, and I think a lot of people can just think, oh, that's just a, a, a one-off quirk, but I think a lot can, you might probably know a lot more about this, but a lot of things are hereditary and are passed down from, you know, generation to generation. So yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a good reminder, I think for everyone, even thinking about breeding or even looking at, you know, buying pups. It is absolutely. And it is kind of shocking. Some of the things that we've learned over the years of what's hereditary, like a dog that can jump a six foot fence. Well, their children also jump six foot fences and no other dog does that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's those like, it's those little things, but it's also the big things that you just have to uh, be mindful of and, yeah. and just think, is this worth it? Yeah. So, so since we're kind of on the breeding side right now, so then so yeah. taking that experience that you had, like what, what did you kind of look and do, I guess, do differently, like going forward, did you do other litters with some other uh, wire hairs? Yeah. So our, our first litter, we were fortunate. Um, we've had a couple longtime breeders in the wire hairs that really respected kind of the efforts that we were putting into the breed. Um, and, and, you know, they kind of felt our heartbreak and what had happened and they allowed us to lease a female and we started with her as our foundation. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think just keeping in mind, all the things of, of course, it was a wake up call of healthy dogs is priority above sure. all. Um, and wire hairs, you have a lot of different factors. You have to start deciding on what you want to do, you know, their coats, like there's, mm. there's a big thing with coat quality. Um, and I think the more we got involved with hunting, the more important those mm. characteristics and those breed aspects of the German wire hair pointer came into place where, um, it's pertinent to have a really harsh tight coat because mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, we had those thick burdocks, the dogs, 
um, that had the coats. I mean, we'd be carrying a comb in our pocket and <laughs> the, you know, they would literally just shut down if, yeah. if they had it in their beard and it'd be attached to their eyebrow, you know, close their entire eye shut. So you'd have sure. to comb it out. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, so and like you said, you don't realize that really until you're in it more and with them and exactly, exactly. Wow. And, and you realize like, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing a lot more hunting than I am with showing and the priorities really started changing. And, mm. and while I personally, you know, my husband and I are very much, um, a 50, 50 in, in everything, mm. um, breeding dogs is concerned because he, he likes a very specific, um, mentality and work ethic mm. in the dogs where, uh, you know, when I evaluate them, I like a really well structured put together dog. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, <laughs> so that's probably it, really good. That's probably a really good balance for you two then. I mean, it sounds like that on the outside, <laughs> but we don't always agree. Yeah. So, yeah, so sure. that's why we usually I'm keep sure. two puppies from every litter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we grow them up. And then when they get to be like around a year old, it's like, okay, well, which puppy wins? Is it the one that had the better confirmation at eight weeks old or the one that had oh, the better hunting traits? That's good. <laughs> yeah. So you got compromised kind of, you got a system. We do. We do. And there was a while, a couple of years in there where he really enjoyed doing the horseback field trials. Okay. So that brought in, you know, another completely, I would say completely different aspect, but another aspect of the yeah. breed, um, and, and the drive and the, the temperament. So yeah, yeah that it's was really another, interesting. Another layer to, to look through <laughs> and what your yeah, range and all that kind of stuff. It is, it is. Uh, but now I feel like, you know, we're gosh. So our first litter was in 2007 um, yeah. So now that we're into it, 15 yeah. plus years, am I doing oh, the right well. math? Well, I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm not a numbers guy. Let's so go with I, it. that sounds I'm great. That either. sounds great to me. <laughs> but yeah, we're, I think we're finally like, you know, at the point where we just like a well-rounded versatile dog that, yeah. um, is going to give us a really good day out in the field. Absolutely. I can't ask for yeah. much more than that. Exactly. Um, you touched on this a little bit. So I think it, you mentioned it with your first wire hair, taking him through uh, NAVDA, correct? And mm -hmm. Master Hunter and all that kind of stuff. Was that something that was totally new to you guys getting into? You had to kind of learn and figure out or did you have any knowledge, I guess, going into it or... No, not really. So, so with our first wire hair, my husband took her completely through, um, the AKC hunt test scene. Okay. He, he did that with her. And then I was actually the one that kind of found or fell upon the NAVDA system and, um, took her to a couple training days and, um, I, and I tested her in that. And I remember, yeah, I was a complete novice. And I mean, for people that know me, like I wear sandals year round <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I remember going down to the water portion of the, of the natural ability test in my sandals and man, those judges, they gave me a really hard time <laughs> of, are you going to be hunting in those sandals, Courtney, this fall? That's I go, Actually, awesome. I probably will. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's no yeah, rules so against it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was a complete novice. Um, and as far as NAVDA, yeah, there, there wasn't really a mentor there. We just kind of learned the ropes of that. Yeah. Um, and then we were in the German wire pointer club of Wisconsin and they taught us a lot and really brought us along with, um, the hunt test portion of things. Okay. 
That's awesome. Are you still pretty active in NAVDA or hunt tests right now with your current dogs or where are you kind of at with that stuff? Yeah, we're, I would say we're almost at hundred percent NAVDA only right now. Okay. Um, in Wisconsin, we were spoiled. We had all of those venues. We had horseback field trials. We had AKC hunt tests. Um, we had the NAVDA all within 30 to 45 miles of our house and it was easy. Um, here sure. in Montana, um, yeah, it's the same thing as confirmation as dog shows. There's you drive eight hours to get to any of that. It's tough. It is. It is. And it's just limiting. Um, whereas our NAPTA chapter, we train 30 miles away. So, um, right away when we came here, we became lifetime members of our chapter. <laughs> <Nice>. we're like, <laughs> You're locked in. <laughs> yeah. We're locked in and loaded. We're doing this, but yeah, everything else, it's just difficult to get to, um, and I, and I think if I have eight hours of driving time, I'm, and I have that ability of that free time, I'm going to sure. be spending it at home with my family, yeah. um, instead of going, um, to those competitive venues. And, yeah. um, I feel like we're at a place right now in our breeding program where I don't need an AKC show champion mm. to prove that I have properly structured dogs mm. and I don't need, you know, some of those more competitive venue titles, um, either to, hmm. to, to do that. Um, I think where we are, we can recognize that and, and breed for exactly what we want and what we have here, which is actually a completely different type of dog hmm. than what we had in Wisconsin hmm. because of the terrain. And that just changes geographically and, and the type of hunting you're doing and birds you're chasing, right? Yes. Yeah. And that was a wake up call too, <laughs> because, you know, we really, we had, um, you know, I think we have like the highest number of, um, champion master hunters or champion utility dogs in, in the wire hair breed mm-hmm. and which, you know, kind of show some great dual or versatile purpose dogs, but, um, the titles are one thing and in Wisconsin, you know, we had plots and, um, we hunted rough grouse a lot in Northern Wisconsin. So we took about three and a half hours to get there. Um, we do it several times each year. We actually would rent a cabin for a month and hunt them, but, and we thought we really had some, you know, dogs that could do amazing things anywhere in the world. Right. Sure, of course. <laughs> and then we came out here to Montana and, um, you know, you need it. I, I shouldn't say you need, but it, it's more ideal to have, a different type of dog here. Um, our, I know like when I started conditioning our dogs before the hunting season, that first year, I blew a bunch of their pads mm-hmm. apart because just the, the gravel, the rocks that, sure. uh, you know, Wisconsin just grass different. is like carpet, <laughs> you know? Sure. It's just like um, running on pillows for these dogs. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful country yeah. there. Um, but it, it's just so it's so different here, um, to have, you know, a little bit more of a leaner or finer dog Mm. that is really going to keep moving and have that, um, endurance throughout the day would maybe be more ideal than, um, the heavier bone dogs that, um, you know, would excel in the show ring and as a personal gun dog, in different parts of the country. So absolutely. Um, I want to go back to one thing you brought up and I, I was just having this conversation with a buddy of of just that, like that balance of, 
your family hunting and then the competitive side. Um, cause I'm, I'm kind of getting into that, some Nastra stuff now and some field trials. It's really fun. It's really exciting. Um, but yeah. it, like you said, it's like, I also love just taking my dogs and going to hunt. I love my family and, and kids sports and all these things now that add up. And I, I guess my question for you is, this is not on the paper. This just came to yeah. my head. Like, do you yeah. think there's a, um, Do you think there's an overemphasis on some of the AKC trials for dogs? Like, is that something people do? You think if they're going to breed, they want a couple titles on their dogs. Do you think there's an overemphasis on that stuff or. I don't know that there's overemphasis. Um, I do like the validity in it. Um, You know, I do appreciate that the dog has proven itself to do something. Sure. Um, you know, it, because to have a, let's say, so, you know, like you said, AKC, so like having a junior hunter versus a senior hunter, that's a big step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to the master hunter, uh, a lot of dogs, I, I feel like any bird dog should be able to find a point to point to bird right sure. in, in a junior hunter level. Um, a senior hunter takes advanced work. It takes pressure. It mm-hmm. takes, um, it takes obedience. It takes, um, an intelligent dog. It takes grit. So not every dog has that. Uh, so for me as a breeder, it's something that I do put a lot of emphasis in, um, just to validate that the dog can do the work, mm. um, overemphasized, uh, in, in only, um, you know, maybe, advertising that aspect of the dog versus because I know a lot of master hunters that have never seen a wild bird in their life. Right. So, uh, and there's a big difference there. I I have a verse. I have an abdiversal versatile champion master hunter. Um, she, she's my world, but man, she really struggles some like last season she struggled on wild birds. Mm. So, yeah, you you can have all the, all the titles, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have, you know, yeah. the best bird dog. Yeah. It's like the ideal, day. the ideal dog would be having someone that, that does really well in some tri- the trial side of things, but also does really well in wild yeah. birds and, and right. to, for them to make that transition easily, I think it'd be pretty cool to have. And, and you said too, I mean, again, you've been doing this breeding for what, 15 years, we'll say, <laughs> or math is yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so do you think it's, you think it's probably a little bit more important? Let's say if someone's just starting out with a breeding program or a kennel, maybe you think it's a little more important when you're starting out to have some of those, those titles. I think it helps. Absolutely. It, it helps as a novice. Um, because I know with our first litter, um, you know, the, the, the dam was a, uh, would she have, I think she was just a show champion. I don't think she even had a junior hunter. Um, the sire, or maybe had a junior hunter, but you know, that doesn't really convince the hunting population, right? Mm. Um, you're going to catch the people that go, I just want a German wire hair pointer. Sure. And, and then you, you'll be able to, um, find homes that way. But, uh, you know, if you want your puppies in, in homes where people are really going to try to find out what the, that that dog's potential is mm. you're going to um, be able to find a different crowd. Mm. And, and we're at that point now where, um, you know, we do want to see that we do want to see these dogs through as much potential as they can, as much as good homes, you know, are as well. Um, 
but we're in a position where we have a, a waiting list that's maybe a couple of years long. Cause we didn't even have a litter last year, mm-hmm. you know, life, life happens. And, sure. um, it's more important to get with, with my husband training full-time. It's important that he's available and doing that a hundred percent. And, um, when work came back for me after all the COVID stuff, I was, um, I traveled quite a bit, so mm-hmm. it just wasn't yeah. in the cards to have a, a litter. Yeah. It's, it's a balance and things yeah, change mm-hmm. and <laughs> things need to yeah. adapt and all that. So I get it. Yeah. But the titles, you know, they, they're, they're important. Yeah. They're important, yeah. but I don't think that they are the end all either. Yeah. Um, I think, I think sometimes people do put too much look into, um, if the dog hasn't accomplished anything, it's not great. And, sure. and that's also a big reason why when we like any male that we've ever bred to, mm-hmm. um, except for the very first dog, we've either, um, personally hunted over or we have watch that dog at a field trial at hunt test. Um, because like I said earlier, you know, titles mean one thing, but unless you see that dog work, um, on birds, you it's, it's hard to decide what it really has. Absolutely. And that's, that's probably one of the best things is is for you to personally put eyes on it and see, okay, what am I looking for as a breeder and what do I want these pups to be? So that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Spend time with them. Yeah. And in our breed with the wire hairs, temperament is huge too. Hmm. So, you know, can the, can the dog be mixed with other dogs or not? Oh, sure. (laughs) Wire hairs have a, a, do they have a little tendency? I've heard they can be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't, um, aggressive isn't really what I would call it. I I think some are, yeah, I think some are generally, um, it's not tolerated here and and they wouldn't remain in our breeding program if they had, because, um, you know, the, it's important that the kids are a hundred percent with them. Sure. And, and so it wouldn't be tolerated, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a breed that really likes to, you know, when they're going out hunting, be prepared to come back with fur. Um, you know, they'll, they won't hesitate to take a raccoon out or a possum <laughs> well, bonus, um, right. When we moved into our neighborhood, after we graduated from college, there was a lot of lost cat signs put up on the telephone <laughs> poles. So <laughs> not your dog, yes. not your dog. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we uh, just looked at him and said, well, that it was really unfortunate event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It happens, um, but that's it, not it aggression, does. right? That's oh, not yeah. aggression. No, that's just, not, that's I appreciate that. And hunting. Right. They're, right. They're, right. They, they were, correct me if I'm wrong. They were bred to hunt both fur and feathers, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So land just, and water, fur and feather. They're they, just doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. They are the land rover of bird dogs. Oh, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Maybe a good, uh, episode title. We'll see. There we go. <laughs> um, very cool. So when you just kind of think back a little bit of, of your journey getting into, uh, hunting and uplands and bird dogs and all that stuff, what was maybe like just the hardest part, um, or, or the biggest takeaway or biggest learning, uh, that you just thinking back in your time getting into this, uh, again, it could be hunting or bird dogs, either one. Yeah. Um, hunting, I don't, you know, I'm always learning with hunting. I'm, I'm, I'm 13 years into it and uh, moving here to Montana. It, I feel like it's been 90% of learning something of what I didn't even know before. 
um, the bird identification, which, um, you know, I had an incident this year <laughs> and it's, there's, there's so much the terrain, the, um, you know, the rough grouse, the way they act in, in the Midwest versus how they act here. It's, it's so different. And, uh, with the bird dogs, I think the toughest thing for me was I fall in love with, with every puppy that is, is born in our house, every right. single one of them, um, taking them to the airport and, you know, sending them off is difficult, but, um, really the, I would say the most difficult of all of it is having a, that dog and at 12 months old, realizing it's not going to be the best dog in a breeding program. Hmm. Um, you love it. Your kids love the dog sure. and you know, it's not better than what you already have hmm. and being able um, to have that mentality to separate yourself from that kind of different mindset yeah, of knowing that's, if I'm, if huge. there's going to, yeah, if there's going to be space in my house for another dog, um, it's, it's yeah, got to, it's got to, you have an expectation. It's got to meet that expectation. It's got to meet it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to meet it. And, and, um, that was hard for me. It, yeah. yeah. It, then back in 2010, I think that was the first time, um, I had to make that decision of a dog. Mm. She was my show champion. She was a master hunter, um, a utility prize too. Mm. Um, she had two teeth that were off oh, and wow. yeah. And then we had her litter mate that had also accomplished all of that and had a perfect bite. Mm. And so you decide, do I need the same genetics in both mm. of these girls? Um, or do I just continue on with the one that, that is going to hopefully produce better? Sure. And, um, yeah, she still did gain her show champion with two teeth off. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, is it cool? I don't know. It's, it's, it kind of tells you a little bit about the uh, ABC confirmation, well. doesn't it? <laughs> Either that or the rest of her was just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was, uh, um, but so that was difficult, you know, yeah. um, trying to keep that mentality of, um, the dogs that you love, um, which ones, which ones stay, which ones go. That's, that's still difficult for me. And I don't know that it's ever going to get easier. Yeah. But yeah, just acknowledging that that's, that's really, really valuable advice. I think for anyone considering or breeding or anything like that, I think that's really, really good yeah. advice. So you only have for, so much room, that. right? You do, you do. You got and, and love to share and you want to make sure each of your dogs are getting the optimal amount of um, training, attention, yeah. love, and, and everything you can provide. So, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. it's is that in the room and also like you mentioned already, it's just it's almost bettering the breed of, okay, is this really, do we want to pass this? It might be small in some people's eyes, but do we want to pass that down to other generations? So it's all that right. to consider. So it's, that's really good. Right. I love that. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the other dogs you have. So you also have uh, a Bracco Italiano, right. And uh, yeah. a, a little cocker. So let's, let's talk, uh, <laughs> let's talk maybe Bracco first. You're my okay. first, first guest with a Bracco on, uh, on, on this podcast. So. Well, they're pretty amazing. So you yeah. should do more guests that have Broncos. <laughs> Would love so to. That... <laughs> Would love to. What? So what? You know. So you had the the German wire hair. So yeah. what led you to a Bronco? Well, um, I was actually out at a dog show um, in 2009 in California. So I had taken a dog that we had imported. Um, 
out there to see kind of what he had against all the top dogs in the country. And they had this, um, world championship competition and, um, you know, all the lights were down in the stadium and the spotlight comes on this, this <laughs> white and orange dog that just comes around, you know, into this, Oh, I'm still getting goosebumps because you see that? Well, do you see my goosebumps? I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> And wow, man, you're setting like, the stage for this. This is pretty uh, epic right now. It's just, it was such, it's such an image. It's, and it, it will never fade. I hope it never fades. Um, but it, this dog comes into this ring and he was just wide open. There was this trot where his, his front and his rear legs were, were just in parallel motion. Wow. And, and it was, just, it was huge. It was beautiful. It was effortless. Um, I think everybody there that saw this dog, you know, their jaws are dropping and, and then it gets better. better. Because I found out that this dog points birds. <laughs> so, so, so originally you're like, Oh, that's a, that's a great dog, but you didn't know. It's oh, a beautiful wow. dog, right? It's a beautiful dog. The plot thickens. It, yes. But then when they said the breed and so of course I'm on my phone and I'm Googling what the breed is. And then I see it points birds. My husband hadn't oh, heard awesome. the end of it since that day. That is um, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I did a lot of research. You know, it's it's very difficult to find um, just with any breed, right, uh, of a dog that or breeders that put as much emphasis into field and hunting as they do into the structure of a dog. So oh. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big structure nerd. My mm. husband's like, it's got to hunt or I'm not going to feed it. <laughs> Um, he doesn't say that, but it's similar to that mentality. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, it took, man, it took, uh, five, five years, five, six years. I attended a couple, a couple Nat Brocco nationals, um, saw some dogs did, you know, did a lot of research in that time. And I I found a breeder that I really clicked with Hmm. and, um, she was over in England and, um, got my first Brocco from her and now oh. I'm on my third. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And That's... I, and I have my, my first Brocco litter hopefully due in, um, eight weeks. Oh, so. wow. Pretty soon. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yes. So yes. what, so, so talk to me a little bit, cause I literally know probably zero about the Brocco. Just sure. Tell me a little bit like, I guess, temperament, how they hunt, how they, what their range is like typically, again, generally for typical Bracco. Yeah. So the breed is super, let's see, goofy. Um, okay. and I think a lot of people might be able to say that about their breed, but these guys, um, like I know I've never gone to the bathroom by myself since I've had a Bracco <laughs> because they need to be with you every second of the way. Right. Um, like you can like probably relate it to children. <laughs> yeah, yes, totally. exactly. Yeah. So it's like a child, um, but it's a Bracco. And, uh, they, they don't want to leave your side. You think that they're in a deep sleep on the couch and you get up to get a water and they're like right there. Um, but they're, you know, they have a great balance of, um, you know, confidence, but also, uh, cooperation, uh, reliability, uh, you know, that like 
we can, we'll take the, we take, we walk the dogs every day. Um, we go hiking and the wire hairs are kind of sometimes like, Oh, piss off. Right. And, <laughs> and you can call her name and they just completely ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, and you sometimes have to nick them with a collar to get them to come back. Uh, a Brocco, you can just say, Oh, come, you know, come here. And they're like, Oh, okay, sure. Happy to. <laughs> So you don't, you know, you don't need to like a lot of, a lot of dogs, you need to put an actual recall on a dog. Like that's a thing. And a broccoli, you don't need to put a recall on. They just do it. They, they are, they're automated recallers. Are they they just very people centric? They are. Sounds like, okay. They are, but it's also important to keep them super happy train with, you know, you can't, you can't be hard handed. You can't take them through a specific regimen training program. Mm. They're, they're different. Um, they, uh, they need to have lots of praise Mm. and, and know that they're doing things right. They want to please you. They really, really want to please you. And, um, I had actually someone messaged me the other day. She has Vishla's and she wanted to know how Brocco's were different from a Vishla. I said, not too much. They're, Hmm. they're very, from the Vishla's that we've had, at least for training, they're very similar. They're confident. Um, they're happy to do the work. They want to do the work. They want to do it because they adore you so much. Mm. Um, and they're, you know, they have great temperaments with every dog. They've never met a stranger. It's, it's a nice thing to have because wire hairs don't always like to have other dogs with them. (laughs) So, um, it, it's different and hunt hunting with them. You know, I can't say I have that. I'm, I'm not an expert on the breed by any means. I only have my third one. Um, but uh, my female, I have two females and I, um, one male and my male works a lot different than Hmm. what my two females do. So I can't say, um, this is how they hunt because my, my females have been closer in my male. Um, he's really, you know, he's further out there. He's, he can, he can, um, just super, I don't know. I love it. I love it because kind of that trot, like I was explaining, you know, when I saw my first one, that big wide open gate. So, um, they do that or they're supposed to do that, um, the whole time in the field and, and they don't tire. And that is Mm -hmm. something that I do notice. So like this past year in September, um, the first weekend out, really hot, like 85, 90 degrees. And I took a Brocco and two wire hairs with, and the, you know, the wire hairs don't do well in heat the way it is. And they'll, they'll come back and they'll want their water and the Brocco, he, he can go a long time and just not tire. Wow. And he has that effortless, effortless movement. Um, you know, uh, I think like a wire hair will hit the field, they'll sprint out and they'll not really understand how to keep that endurance for hours and hours and hours. Sure. And, and a Brocco can just go all day wow. and, and the way they're built. Um, it's, it's a really, I think it's a perfect combination of, of the Brocco and the wire yeah. hair um, because then winter time comes and the Brocco isn't just, you know, they're, they're not as a strong breed in, in January, man, it's cold. Yeah. And <laughs> that's when the, the wire, wire hairs are going to excel yeah. a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. The wire hairs that, you know, they're getting inside those cattails, they're breaking through the ice. They're, they're doing, they're doing the things and they're going all day where the Brocco's like, Oh man, mom's getting a little chilly. <laughs> yeah. We uh, head, head back to the truck. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not going to go in those cattails right yeah. now. So you, with, with the, the Brocco's at least, and this is kind of a general question. You've, you've been around dogs a long time. So you said your females 
they, they just work a little bit differently than your male. Do you mm-hmm. attribute that to a female male thing or just a dog, just the differences of the dogs? I think, I think the differences of the dogs. And the only reason I can say that is, um, because I've been to a couple of nationals, I've, you know, walked a lot of braces of a hunt test. I've, I've seen them at NAVDA mm-hmm. events. Um, there's, there's been a couple of Broncos that man, they've really blown my mind and, and I've hunted over a couple of them personally. It's been, it's been great, but I don't notice a difference that it's between male okay. versus female. I think it's a difference of how they're bred. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. That's awesome. And and how, how big are your Broncos at least? So they can be pretty large, right? Yeah. Oh man. I don't know the weights on them. I'm so bad with like, are we back <laughs> at that numbers thing? Well, because, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't have to be. <laughs> You can guess to me. It works pretty well. I don't know. I want to say my females are 60 and okay. maybe the males like 67, 70. Okay. That sounds big as I thought. When I see some Broncos that I look at them, I'm like, holy crap, those are big. <laughs> yeah. That's, I that's think, not too big. Yeah. You're right though. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of, of big ones too. And I, I don't know that, um, you know, I think I would say mine are just maybe moderate. Okay. But yeah, there are some pretty big ones that. Yeah. So, and so you, so you got your first litter due in eight weeks, you said, right? Yes. Hopefully we'll see ultrasound in three weeks. So. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Um, all right. Let's, let's bring in the last, last dog to the mix here. Yeah. The cocker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The cocker spaniels are, they are just like flying off the shelf. (laughs) They are. It is crazy, but, but tell us a little bit about your cocker and why'd you, yeah. why'd you throw one of those in the mix? Um, I threw, I personally threw it in because of the rough grouse season I had last mm. year. Oh wow. Um, it, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a thick cover along the riparian areas. I did not that I'm proud of it because I think you're at a certain point in your, in your hunting journey, um, you shouldn't be shooting them out of a tree limb, but last year I did, I <laughs> shot a couple off the tree limb. Uh-huh. Um, and I just wanted to take a quick pause and thank pointer traditions for their support of the podcast. Hey, how are your leashes looking? How are your dog collars looking? Your leads looking, uh, if they're looking a little worn out, look no further than pointertraditions.com. You'll save 15% by using code rookie 15. That's rookie 15. Save you 15% off your entire order at pointertraditions.com, making the finest dog collars on the market with a free customized nameplate with every collar. Um, and I noticed after twice that I did that with my dog, that he was literally starting to look up in the trees. Huh. Um, and with I just your, thought, with your Brocco or your, yeah, hair. Okay. the Brocco. Yeah. Yep. Um, because, uh, I, well, it's, I had put him through a training scenario on a duck search. Mm-hmm. I shot a duck really close in front of him and he had, he had shied away from it. And so I had thought, okay, this whole season, I'm just not going to focus on any further training of pushing this dog and trying to be a utility by the time he's two years old. Sure. I just want to make sure he's getting birds and he's in, um, in his mouth and he's retrieving sure. and, and it did, it, it worked, but, um, essentially I shouldn't have been doing it the way I did it. It was a bad call. Gotcha. Um, but I wanted a little flushing dog to kind of be that, 
you know, third leg okay. where you, you have the wire that excels in the winter, you have the Brocco that excels in the, in the warm months and they're, and they're both good in their own means, but you still don't have the little dog that can kind of get in there in that thick stuff and, um, shorter, you know, the shorter cover that the birds were sitting in right sure. here. And so, yeah, I added her in and she's a little dynamite. I, <laughs> Everyone I says really, that everyone just really raves like about him. <laughs> yeah. I was going between a cocker and a Boykin for quite a while. Okay. And essentially it really just came down to the size that, yeah. you know, the cocker is a little smaller than the Boykin is. And um, she's really easy to just get up and go with. Yeah. And, and she's a perfect compliment. Uh, she's, she's great with the wire hairs and she's great with the Broncos. That's um, awesome. And have you trained yeah. them or are you training them? So the, your pointing dogs will point and then you send the flusher in. So that, so you com- know what? that combo Ideally, or- that, yeah, that would be great. She's, she's nine months old. Oh, so um, she's young. Okay. I don't have her there yet. Yeah. Okay. I don't have her there. And I, um, I was focusing a lot in those early months on the obedience, obedience, obedience. I was really pushing that with her. And, and it wasn't really until late season, the last two months that I really let her go and, and bird hunt. And I had noticed the first time I took her out um, without any bird exposure here, because typically, uh, you know, we're throwing pigeons and we have chucker here and we did, I didn't do any of that with her because I, you know, really wanted to focus on her obedience. And, um, so I got her out there that first time in the grouse woods and she was kind of like, this is great. What am I doing though? Are we going for a walk? (laughs) And, and so I came home and started doing some actual, some bird work with her, um, because I didn't get into any birds that day. And, um, and then she really turned it on. Then she started searching. So, I've, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning myself every day. I don't have the answers. Yeah. But you know, you have some people that say if they're only on wild birds, they're, they're going to be great dogs. And, um, you know, if you have them on planted birds that, (laughs) that they're, you're going to cause issues. And I I don't know what the answer is. This is my first flushing dog. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do the right things. I I hope I don't ruin her. but she sits really well. She stays in two places. Well, that's great. Um, and she heals. So I'm that's hoping, great. yeah, this next season, yeah. I would really like her to be in that combination of when the dogs go on point and sending her in for the flush, but we'll see. I don't want to put that pressure on, on any of the dogs. Totally. No, she's a, she's a great looking dog for sure. It's like <laughs> yeah, classic thanks. little cocker. And some of the videos you posted, she's, she's a little, little fireball. <laughs> She is. She's, she's my little nugget. Her, her original name was Esther, but I'm like, that's way not okay <laughs> for yeah, your face. No. <laughs> yeah. So we call her Midge. Some oh, days she's someday she's smidget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has makeup stuff as you're, yeah, <laughs> as she you're just going. gets her own, her own name. Cause she's just uh, such a little personality. She's a riot. The kids love her, you know, and that's, that's, awesome. that's kind of a bonus too, is my daughter's four years old. And so uh-huh. she, she's just sure that Midge is her dog. And, oh yeah. hundred um, <laughs> percent. It's more her size and just it is. cuddle up with her. <laughs> yeah. She's so easy, but then she's like, oh, I want Midge to sleep in bed. And like, 
And so Midge lays in bed with her and she just runs circles around the bed. Like, okay. Are you done now? Are you good? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you, do you show any of your, like your Bracco or your white hairs at all still or no? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do. I have. Yeah. At our national. So I try to go to our national every year. Um, I think it's important to, you know, to attend those national events. It, I, I get to do some research on stud dogs I like and yeah. might be interested in the future. And um, it's great to know kind of where the breed is at, um, some health concerns. And yeah, they offer they offer the confirmation and hunt test there. That's cool. So it sounds um, like yeah. you've, you've mentioned this a couple of times, but it sounds like you have a very high emphasis on confirmation. I, and I don't, I personally haven't heard a lot of that. A lot, I hear a lot of maybe more like your husband's like sure. bird, bird hunting and drive and all this stuff, which I, it's all yeah. very, very important, but, um, I, you don't hear a lot of that mm-hmm. high emphasis on the confirmation. I think that's, that's key. You need to have yeah. a well-built structured dog. Yeah. It's, you know, it's important because they can fall apart. Hmm. Um, you know, if, if they have a straight rear, straight front, uh, you know, those, the ACL, you, the last thing you want is to have that cruciate uh, repair and mm. have to do it, it's a lot of that. The majority of that is from structure. It's not from falling in a hole mm. or, um, so it's important. It's, it, it's, a it meets the breed standard and, um, I don't know, maybe maybe I put too much emphasis into it, but, but I think, um, like NAV does a great system. It's a, it's a system that is on testing, but it's not, there are no uh, breed standards in NAVDA. Hmm. So it, it's up to us as the breeders to take into consideration, um, what characteristics the breed is meant to have, hmm. you know, that, that you, there's wire hairs that don't have coat, for example, so there's no furnishings where they actually look like a short hair, but they are a wire hair. Hmm. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's that stuff. That's just, I think is important for the breed and moving forward. Yeah. Like I like a good structured dog and when they 100%. can, yeah, I just think that they last longer in the field. And, um, you know, like I said, my husband and I butt heads over it sometimes <laughs> on, on what's more important. And he really wants to get a pointer himself. He's wanted okay. a pointer for a long time. And okay. I'm like, well, is it going to have a really nice proper pointer head? Sure. Yeah, you, Not a yeah. snipey one or he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's going to hunt and it's going to have, yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's going to have a 12 o'clock tail. I'm like, well, but they really shouldn't have 12 o'clock tails because if their tail set is like this and then their croup is, he's like, so yeah, we just don't. <laughs> That's fascinating. Oh man. That's... We're not necessarily on the same pages. Yeah. So. That's so funny. I like that. That's yeah. It's... Yeah. And the, I mean, they're just prettier, prettier to look at too. I mean, when you get a dog that just, when you look I at think... it, you're like, Oh man, that just looks like a Brittany or a Bracco or whatever it is. Yeah. You, just, you know, know, you get the warm fuzzies. I like this. I like the saying life's too short to hunt over an ugly dog. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. I've heard so, that. That's, that's so a good there one. we go. <laughs> and I guess we each have our own definition of what is a good looking dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I like, I like pretty things. I have pretty yeah. horses. <laughs> I have pretty goats and I just bought a couple of pretty pigs yesterday. Oh, so that's exciting. <laughs> if pigs can you. be pretty, they that's, are. <laughs> that's exciting. You got a little farm going on there. We do. Yeah. Do you guys, have, you guys on... have chickens yet? We do. Yes. Okay, nice. Yes. We have, but yes, we, we have a rooster that needs to, 
be thrown in the rotisserie right now. He <laughs> tagged me last week. So oh, geez. He's going to to be all done here. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah, we are working on trying to do some of that That's homesteading exciting. stuff. And yeah. yeah and I like cool. it. That's I like cool. it. We, we have, yeah, we're, it would, we're we'd probably the... be able to go ahead. Oh no, no. I was go ahead. I was going to say, we'd, we'd probably be able to um, do better at the self-sustaining if we hunted big game here in Montana, <laughs> like normal people do instead of birds. But yeah. um, you know, here we are. That's, that's like Colorado. It's everyone's here for elk and <laughs> mule, mule deer. And I'm just exactly. like, yeah, I'm hunting birds over here. <laughs> I know. They're like, you drew an antelope tag. You're so lucky. I'm like, yeah, I, I went out there though. And it's just like, this is too good of an area to not want to take my dogs and hunt birds instead. Right, right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, I run into someone. Oh, I hunt. Like, oh yeah. Well, you know what, what unit you go into? You hunt, what tags you put? I'm like, oh, I, I just right. hunt birds up in the mountains. Like, oh. Oh, what do you, <laughs> they're so confused. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. Um, a couple more things here. You touched yep. on, uh, so you have a couple kids. I know uh, just talk about the, just the involvement that you have with them and getting them in the outdoors mm-hmm. and hiking and all that stuff. I just, I think that's a really cool, um, I, I love to see that just the, from a young age, getting kids involved. Is that something that is just kind of a, a personal goal with you and your husband or what's, what's around that? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. I guess it is a goal. Um, and it was one of the main reasons why we actually moved to Montana just for, um, the ability of more wild places to explore. And, um, you know, people ask me a lot, like, what are some tips to take a kid hunting? And, you know, I think the most important part is don't focus on just hunting season. It get them outdoors all the time, teach them about, all the things and, and it helps like here we have, um, we have the dusky grouse or blue grouse, like some people like to call it, it right in the back about, you know, less than a mile away. And we're, we're climbing those mountains with the kids year round, whether we have a gun in hand or not, the dogs and the kids are with us and, and we're exploring and, um, trying to find the different habitat we pick up a lot of litter on the, on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Again, fun activity for kids to do. Yes. 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 (laughs) Who can find the most trash? (laughs) It is who can fill their bag first. (laughs) Um, uh, I think it's just that appreciation though. And having those conversations of, um, you know, like they, they get used to picking up their bedrooms here, but you know, why, well, why do we have to pick up after other people? Well, let me tell you why we're picking up after other people. Cause they're not doing it themselves, but with us doing it, it's going to be better for you. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, they, you have to grow that in them and, 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 and teach them the whys. And, you know, I I love this age, my, my son's seven and my daughter's four. And so they're both very much in that. Why, 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 why everything, right? (laughs) Gosh. Right. And you, you want to. I, I get so torn because there's things where I'm like, hey, you know, I, do I really want to push this like, you know, dog breeding and dog training and life on them where they think dogs are just so much because, you know, we don't get to go on vacations because we have the dogs here. Um, and I, I don't want them to be burnt out by that. And, and I also want them to have that growing desire in their hearts of maybe, um, doing that themselves one day. So, so I do get torn. I, I, you know, um, when Burke had a bad report one time, the, my husband's like, well, we should have him, you know, 
uh, pick up all the dog poop in the yard. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to make it a punishment of that dog sure. thing or, sure. um, so yeah, <laughs> it's a fine know, balance. It's a fine balance. It is. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to where you, you, you know, you want your kids to, to enjoy the things you do, but, um, I think the biggest reward is, is when they ask you and when they can notice and, um, after, after one of my hunts this last year, my son had said, you know, mom, I know we didn't get any birds today, but I really hope you, you mark this spot on your onyx maps <laughs> and that we come back here because like, you know, like the I fact like this that kid. he can, I like, this kid. I know, <laughs> like the fact that he can kind of put all that together yeah. and, and, and understand it. And he's like, it's, it's not about getting birds. It's about yeah. the hunt. And, and we had a good time and the dogs really, you know, they went through that water really well. And so, and he's like, uh, yeah, when teaching them the different, like identifying the rose hips and my That's daughter, cool. she's so funny. She, you know, she wakes up first thing in the morning, 5am and she'll go, mom, let's go hunting today. <laughs> and, and you can't, you can't turn that down. No, right? you cannot. You, you cannot turn oh, that down. That is um, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but a four-year-old, they're not going to walk all day. Right. So, right. so yeah. So I do throw her on the backpack and, oh, yeah. um, it's, it's weighted out, you know, it's balanced really well. So it's not a problem. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, for her, her thing, she really geeks out over the crops of birds. Oh. So she likes to study what they were eating. Oh, wow. Is the four-year-old? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And my that's son's cool. kind of like, oh, that's so weird. Why would you want to do that? And she's in there tearing it apart and oh, pulling wow. it out. And that's, so that's cool though. Just again, it's it that, con- is. Is that con- or I guess not constant consistent exposure. Like you said, not just during hunting season, but Hey, let's go take the dogs for a walk or a hike or something like that. And they get to, yeah, just experience that consistently mm-hmm. and get to learn what yeah. and the, your son knows what Onyx is. And that's, that becomes a part of the, <laughs> of the daily, <laughs> the daily habits. Yeah. Uh, it's gotta be rewarding for them. You know, I yeah. think, I think when, when we're taking them out, it has to be realistic. Of, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not going to be able to get into that thick stuff today because I have my daughter on my back and she really gets mad at me when the, um, sticks get slammed oh, into her sure. face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, but hopefully the dog will be able to get in there and the bird yeah. will come out our way. So totally. I've, uh, I took my twins a couple times. I've used the backpack with training dogs and stuff in the off season. And yeah. it's just super, like once they get a little heavier, it's just like the shoulder straps are uncomfortable. It's just, it's just not, I think we have like the, one of the Osprey backpacks or something. Yeah. I keep, Holy I keep cow, Will, do you have two, you have two in your backpack at once? Oh, sorry. Just one, just one of the twins. Okay. Sorry, sorry, saying, sorry. You are hard. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I guess like technically I could do like an, er, a baby carrier. You can do front. front. Can, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll try that this year. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, the, the baby backpacks are so uncomfortable as I was joking with, uh, uh, Matt Davis of the final rise is like, dude, yeah. that vest is so comfortable. I was like, you need to make a baby carrier version of this. <laughs> He's it's, been it's more, told it's more comfortable. He's okay. been told <laughs> it's way more comfortable than these freaking baby carriers. Yeah. I actually sent him my Osprey pack. Did you? I did and, too. Yeah, I I did. A like, yeah. Like two years ago, I sent it to oh, him and awesome. kind of studied it up. But so that's I'm hilarious. still waiting. All right, I don't know if I'll need to be wearing it next year or not, but keep, I think for the future, <laughs> let's keep pressuring him. Yes. I said, video one day i was like dude we just we did a hike or something as a family i'd send them a video like this this is not cutting it (laughs) (laughs) nope we need we need Mm. shell pockets and 
Yep. Somewhere to put that bird. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> last, last couple of things as we wind down here. Um, I always like to ask everyone thinking about the, say the rookie uplander out there. Um, someone who, you know, this spring they're getting excited. Maybe they just got a bird dog. Maybe they're going into their first season uh, of hunting here coming up. What's some advice that you would give them? Uh, someone just starting out. Just get out and do it. Just do it and do it. Okay. Yeah. Don't overanalyze it. Don't, um, don't try to put too much into it. Get yourself a gun and some shells and get your dog out there and just go do it. Um, yeah, I think, I think too many times we, we overthink it and I know I do and just, yeah, just do it. I mean, make sure, yeah, you know, grab your onyx, make sure you're on, um, property that you should be and, and, and just go do it. Don't, don't let other things keep you from doing it. Love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, Courtney. Um, so last section we'll end with is, uh, the rapid fire round. And so I'm just going to ask you a few questions and just give me your off the cuff answer. Um, okay. expand if you need to some, some of these things I'll ask you why. So <laughs> am I supposed to do it quickly? <laughs> okay. Yes. Generally. Okay, yes. Right. It's kind of like, well, it's kind of just like your initial reaction, initial, okay. you know, what you would say it's I'm not timing. I'm not timing you here. So, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So first one, what gun are you carrying out into the field and why? Ah, my go-to is a siren 20 gauge tempio light and okay. why? Because it's super lightweight. Um, I had a torn rotator cuff in, um, high school from a sport. Oh. And so carrying weight has always kind of been a difficult thing for me and having that lightweight gun, even though I know it packs a little bit more of a punch. Um, if you're doing multiple rounds, it's, um, I love carrying it and, and I like to go all day. So the last thing I want is to be taking extra weight out there with me. I love that gun. I mm. love, love that gun. It's it's, I, I shot a different one for 10 years and you know, having it resize and cut down. Um, it was a semi-auto and everybody knew when I was in the woods, my husband would say, we always hear the boom, 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 three shots. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this, is this siren? Uh, is it a, I don't know much about the company. Is it an over under? It is. It's it an is over okay. and under. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Nice. So it's, um, so siren it's, it's a women's shotgun line. Um, oh, okay. from the Caesar Guarini and fab arm. Oh, so, nice. yep. Yep. Oh, it's already cool. fit for you right out of the box. Oh, that's all. Awesome. That was, I was actually going to ask for, you if it's, if it was a women's model is. or, okay. Yep. Yep. That's great. That's great. Very cool. Um, next one, favorite dog breed. This will be hard for you because <laughs> you have three Ooh. different breeds. Favorite breed yeah. besides the one you, the ones you own. Besides the three I have. Yep. Okay. Um, Okay. Probably a, um, well, I call them mini Aussies, but I think the technical AKC term is miniature American shepherd. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is about those little dogs. That's a first, but... that's a first for the podcast. <laughs> you heard it here first folks. <laughs> but I awesome. feel like maybe at some point I need one of those to, okay. you know, to keep my goats and my chickens ah, and there my you go. pigs all Working in a dog. It, yep. Yeah. And I, I tell my husband, I've told him that before, but he just, he's not buying it. Um, <laughs> it's like, it needs to do, it needs to, you know, find birds, but, yeah. um, I don't know. I think, I think that would be great to, I like to ride a lot in the summer okay. on my horses and taking one of those little guys with and 
doing stuff would be super fun, but they're yeah. cute. Yeah, they, they are. They got the, like, yeah. they almost look like they have no tail, right? Cause it's docked pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're cool. There's no tail. Yeah. Cool. They have, uh, the, I think it was, might've been ESPN a couple months ago. There was like a, a herding, a herding dog competition. They were showing sure. ESPN. It was yeah. fascinating. Like these dogs were oh, herd, so I think, cool. uh, herds of sheep. Yep. It was, I was like glued to that. I was like, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. It, they do trials with, with sheep and ducks. It's super cool. Yeah. It's, it's these, super cool. They lay down are, and yeah, they're like man, real low. I, and yeah. I mean, I appreciate a good working dog regardless of the breed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, bird dogs have my heart, but yeah, I love <laughs> a good working dog. And yeah. if man, if I, if I had like a big flock of sheep or something. That'd be cool. I definitely have like three of those little dudes. I, I, I could see you getting some sheep someday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I may or may not have them ordered. <laughs> I can edit that out if you want me to. <laughs> you, know, you know what I say? I go, oh, well, it's for the kids when they're in 4-H. Uh, That's why they need to do this. It's, for it's the really kids. good for them. It's educational. It's, development. it's experience. See, I'm so it. glad you're on the same page. I, I get it. Don't worry. So I get glad. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right. A couple more here. Uh, favorite bird to hunt and why? Hmm. Favorite bird to hunt. Ah, sharp tail, probably sharp tail. Yeah. Um, everything about them. I, I, they're, they're challenging. They're, they make the really cool sounds and, um, man, they're delicious. Really delicious. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love me some sharp tail. They, they're my um, favorite to, to eat my favorite to hunt. I love them. Um, the dogs, I love the way the dogs work them. Mm. Um, I get some of my best dog work out of sharp tail. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Sharp tail. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Two more, uh, beverage of choice after a hunt. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of like a little tradition for my husband and I, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> <do> share. <laughs> yeah, we, we do, um, we do blue moon, uh, okay. but it has to have a slice of orange in it. Oh, okay. So, that's, that's like yeah. classic blue moon. Yeah. That's, yes. Yep. That's, that's our, that's our thing. We get back to the dog trailer at night and, um, yeah, man, it's great to crack one of those for sure. So what, what happens if one of you forgot to pack the orange? No, oh, it's not, it's not usually great. Um, we make, it, we make it work. Right. Okay. But, but it's like having your, a hunting breed out there. That's not your yeah. dog breed of choice. So it's not the same. You get by. Yeah. You get by. Is it as enjoyable? Maybe not, but um, maybe not. Probably I'm, most likely I'm, not. I'm from Chicago and in <laughs> Chicago. It was, I feel blue moon was bigger there for some reason mm -hmm. out here in Colorado, it's, I don't know. I mean, they have it at some places, but it's just not very popular. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm, you know, being from Wisconsin, new Glarus is really big for us. Okay. Um, we really like the spotted cow and then oh, um, yeah. there's a Belgian cherry and I, we would actually do mm. like a 50, 50 and call the cherry cow, but <laughs> we just don't have access to cherry yeah. cows out here until <laughs> my family comes out for Christmas yeah. and you then they bring send them your some. list. Yep. So we do the blue moon. Totally. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, love it. All right. Last one. Um, I, I should have asked you this earlier, but just why did you start your podcast? Uh, the bird dog, babe. Oh, good question. Why did I start it? Um, we moved here. So September of 19 and you know, then the awesome COVID hit. 
I hate saying that word because I know, it's so I'm, with, annoying. I know. I'm not going to say so it. Annoying. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. It's this naughty C word. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good either. But um, <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I, I listen to a lot of great podcasts. I love, I love listening to the bird dog podcast. A lot of them. Um, but I always kind of was, I started taking these notes of if I ever had one, what would I, what would the topic be? And I have such a, um, you know, this, I just want to learn. I love to learn. And I think that's probably why I'm, I'm going through for my MBA right now and <laughs> at, at 39 years old, because I just love to yeah, learn. You can't, stuff. Yeah. You can't stop. I can't stop. It's, 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 a, it's a terrible addiction, but I really love it. Um, but I, I like learning things and, um, and even when you think you learned it, you really don't, you haven't because there's still more to learn. And, um, I love a lot of women in my life have inspired me, um, whether, whether it be hunting or with the dogs and, um, man, a lot of them in the field trials and hunt tests and NAVDA, there's some amazing women. And I just wanted to hear more from them. Mm. And, and I do think that women have a little bit different, um, uh, you know, feelings towards or experiences the way that we discuss it, the way that we do it is a little bit different. Sure. And, um, to capture that is what I really like. So I wanted to cool. hear from a, a lot more women and cool. yeah. Yeah. And, and that was that. a way for me during COVID too, when I stopped traveling for work, uh, I, you know, I wasn't meeting anybody after I had just moved to a brand new state sure. and it was kind of a way for me to, um, connect with, with other women. And I did that season, uh, man, I, I hunted with a lot of mm. women. Um, and, and it's, it was great. That's so cool. So yeah, I love that. I love Super that. Well, rewarding. Keep, keep up the great work. I've, uh, listened to a few of your episodes and I think it's, you're doing a great job. And so keep oh, it, keep you. it up. So are you, yeah. I enjoy well, thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's, it's not it. an easy thing to do. It's a lot, no, right? <laughs> it you is. It, yeah. Like, like we were saying before, it's, we got, <laughs> yeah. you know, families and the wife's taking care of the kids and making dinner and you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a commitment, but it's, it's fun too. It is, it is fun. Cause yeah. there's a, there's a lot of great people in the bird dog community. Yeah, there is. Um, I, I keep and, meeting more and, and more of them. <laughs> right. And they're supportive and they're amazing and they all have such awesome stories. And, yeah. um, I think, I think we all can continue to grow and learn and, and, and do more, do better um, from, from listening to that. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, how can people follow along, uh, with, with, if they have questions for you, want to reach out, connect with you, is it just Instagram best way or. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Try to do Instagram, um, at, um, bird dog babe. Yeah. I, I sure. reply to every single private message I get. Um, usually every, every post I try to get to. So cool. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's a, it can be an intimidating things. So yeah. I, I always like to be open and, yeah. and help people out where I can. I don't know everything, but <laughs> that's why all these amazing connections I've met during yeah. the podcast, I can definitely help steer you in the right direction of someone who can. That's fantastic. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was fantastic just getting the, to know you a little bit more and, and hearing more of your story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I appreciate yeah. you having me on. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you soon and uh, good luck with that. You know, hopefully first Brocco litter. Yeah, thank you. That would be <laughs> <You're> great. <welcome. laughs> All right, take care. You too. 
Well, that's a wrap of episode 40 with Courtney Bastian of Bird Dog Babe Podcast. Courtney, thank you so much for your time. Again, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, our conversation and getting to know you more and your dogs and Brocco and wire hair. And of course, the little Cocker Spaniel. Um, so fun hearing your story and uh, staying uh, up to date with what's going on with you and your family uh, up in the great state of Montana. So uh, all the best this coming season. Hey guys, that's a wrap of episode 40. Again, thank you for the support and just uh, tuning in week after week, um, just connecting with the podcast, uh, you know, chatting to it online. Uh, I really, really love it. Um, so keep it up. Keep sharing the show, uh, rate and review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to. Um, really help the show get out there to more hunters and bird dog lovers just like you. Hey, uh, put some miles on those boots. Follow your favorite bird dog. Gosh, I forget the my own tagline after every show. Gosh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have one job. Just do the tagline right. Just do the tagline. <laughs> All right, guys. I got to go. Take care. Thanks. See you next week.